Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by the C5 Global Summit. This is a big CCIM NAR event. It's a global event. It'll be September 28th through the 30th, and it's in Atlanta, our headquarters, so you can come see us. I'll give you the website so you can sign up or get more information. It is c5summit.realestate. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the hotel market. And, you know, there's been some uh, a lot of discussions around the hotel market, really, with, with COVID and now with rising rates and redevelopment of a lot of properties. And, you know, we, we get the opportunity here to talk to some of the finest economists and analysts in the country. But sometimes it's good to talk to someone who's on the front line. Please welcome my guest. It's Greg Friedman. He's CEO and Managing Principal with Peachtree Hotel Group. And here in Studio One, Greg, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you, Michael, for having me. Now, you guys have <coughs> hotels uh, all over the country of, of various types. You, you develop, you, you buy, you sell. So I'm interested to see what you're seeing right now. First of all, with performance, you know, overall, how are, are the hotel, we hear that hotels are just killing it, except maybe what convention, what do you see? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, you know, performance wise, you know, it's definitely, you know, rebounded from COVID. Um, hotels were obviously the hardest hit asset class, just from a standpoint of, you know, occupancy went from being at a record high to a record low at the you know beginning of um, COVID. And today, you know, occupancy levels, the actual average daily rates and the revenue per available rooms are pretty much back to where we were pre-pandemic on a macro basis because we're invested, you know, across the U.S. So we touch so many different sub-markets. Um, so we're not necessarily regionalized, although we do have a lot of exposure to the Southeast, Texas and Arizona. Um, we do have assets, you know, out in California, as well as, you know, some in the mid-Atlantic and Northeast. But overall, the industry is back and hotels are more profitable in most cases today because average daily rates have grown so much relative to where they were pre-pandemic. So in most cases, our hotels are running, you know, average daily rates that are probably 30% above where we were pre-pandemic. Nice. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. What about the convention-oriented hotels that are in uh, central business districts? Yeah. So, you know, definitely certain submarkets haven't recovered as well in the downtown CBD type locations have been slower to recover. Um, so across our portfolio of hotels, fortunately, we don't have as much exposure in some of those downtown CBD locations, but most of those markets are coming back as well. And, but they're, you know, in a lot of cases, they're still lagging. Like you've seen, you know, a lot of news like out of California, you know, looking at San Francisco, for instance, that market was very hard hit through COVID and it continues to um, lag from where it was pre-pandemic, but that's more of an outlier. I would say, you know, most markets are recovering and the downtown CBD locations across the U.S., most of them are starting to get that convention business and a lot of them are starting to recover back or in, in some cases they're already back above where they were pre-pandemic. Yeah. How are lenders looking at hotels today? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I think because um, we do invest, you know, as a firm, we invest on the credit side as well as the equity side. So we own and operate hotels, um, but we also finance groups to go out and acquire and develop hotels. So we're you know we are a lender as well within our organization. Um, so I think we probably have a different, unique perspective. 
there's no question that, you know, credit has tightened for, you know, not only hotels, but all commercial real estate asset classes or asset types. Um, but hotels are probably a little bit more financeable today, as crazy as that sounds, because usually when you're facing an economic disruption or recession, it's really hard. You know, hotels are probably the harder asset class to finance or the hardest asset class to finance, because usually hotels will start to pull back in performance. Um, this time around, just given, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the distress in the market, a lot of the dislocation is driven off of just this balance sheet distress with higher interest rates. Hotels trade at higher cap rates. And so they can stomach some of that higher interest rate in the sense that you don't have that negative leverage. So a lot of lenders are actually, um, they have you know, an interest in financing hotels because you don't have that negative leverage factor. Um, not to mention you have a lot of secular trends that are favoring demand and just that robust recovery um, that's given, you know, giving a lot of lenders confidence to finance hotels over some of the other asset classes. You know, for instance, you know, a good example is, you know, multifamily was, the um, favored child during you know COVID, you know multi like most lenders over allocated into multifamily in a lot of cases into you know some of these other lower cap rate assets, and now they're struggling. Although there's still capital available for these assets, in a lot of cases it's tougher for them to finance those asset classes, just given you know they they trade at such low cap rates and just how fast interest rates have moved up. And then the other side of the equation, just with the secular distress with office. That's created its own challenge because you know nobody wants to touch financing office right now. So that that capital is getting reallocated across hospitality and some of the other asset classes. What range of uh, equity requirements were lenders uh, primarily seeing uh, for COVID, if you will, and, and now how much more equity do the folks need? Yeah. So before COVID, I would say most lenders were very disciplined in their approach. Obviously, I would say they were starting to become a little bit, um, a little bit. They were easing up their requirements on equity, but I would say in most cases you needed to bring probably thirty to forty percent equity um, on average. You know, pre, um, you know, pandemic. I would say today you're probably going to need if you're going to go out and finance a project, you need to expect that you're probably going to, especially if it's a new development project or an acquisition. I would be expecting that you would need, you know, probably at least forty percent, if not fifty percent, equity to to try to get, you know, a lender that's going to provide, you know, really good terms yeah. on the financing. And and you mentioned the hard cap rates in the hotel world uh, versus some of the other property types, and the um, the so you don't have the negative leverage for lenders. What are you seeing for cap rates today overall in the hotel world, and and, and compare that to say pre-pandemic or pre interest rate hikes <laughs> yeah pretty interesting rate hike. yeah and it's it's interesting because like during covid like you take pre-pandemic mm -hmm. hotels were trading around probably a call it a for the assets that we buy you know typically these premium branded select service limited service um, extended stay hotels they were trading in that seven and a half to you know call it eight percent range in some cases they were probably closer to seven percent today you know i would say that and then you know during the pandemic cap rates actually widened out for hotels because there was a lot at the beginning of COVID because there was a lot of a lot of people questioned if hotels would ever recover uh, as silly as that sounds now but you know at the very beginning going back in 2020 um, there was a lot of concerns about the recovery of lodging long term and so cap rates actually expanded out and then you know so but as multifamily self-storage industrial were compressing down to these you know record or these um, historic lows in the middle of COVID hotels were doing the opposite. And the reason I say all this is that hotels had a little bit of compression in cap rates towards the end of COVID. 
but as people started to recognize that hotels were coming back, but we never really got that full benefit. And so when you look today across hospitality, you know, cap rates are probably in that eight to nine percent range. Uh, for the select service, you know, limited service hotels that are that, you know, Marriott, Hilton branded type asset class. Um, so it hasn't moved probably, you know, much more than maybe 100 bips or so, whereas, um, or even less in some cases. Whereas with some of the other asset classes, I would argue, like you look at multifamily, self-storage, I love those asset classes. I think there's a lot of, you know, great tailwinds, although they're facing some headwinds right now just with supply absorption on the multifamily side. And then you look at what's happening with self-storage as well. There's, you know, some, you know, there, it's getting harder to push rents and so forth. But you look at those two asset classes, those, a lot of cases, those cap rates compress down to levels sub, you know, 4%. Um, a lot of those, you know, assets that trade in the middle of COVID, now the cap rates are probably closer, in my opinion, probably north of 5% and probably should be closer to 6% just given where the 10-year treasury rate is today being around 4%. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you guys uh, do uh, development, and of course we had a, a rise in prices and labor and, and materials and everything that kind of went crazy during you know, COVID. Are you seeing any relief there on on development and construction costs? Yeah, we're we're really not. I mean, we're seeing, if anything, we're not seeing you know pricing increase as much or the cost of materials increase as much. Although you're seeing some green shoots here or there, where you know some of the material cost is coming down. You still have higher labor costs. Um, so you still have a little bit of labor inflation. That's you know, it doesn't seem to be going away. Um, so I think you know ultimately your cost to construct today versus what it cost pre-pandemic or even in the middle of the pandemic, it's substantially higher. And that's that's the biggest challenge for the not, not only the hotel industry but for all of commercial real estate is the development cost issue, which is a great thing if you're an owner of assets or if you're buying existing assets, because like take hotels. There's not a lot of new supply getting built, yet you have all these, you know, just you have all these new demand channels coming out of COVID, and you have all these, you know, really just good trends on the demand side that are way outpacing any supply growth. And the same, you know, the same could, you know, probably be argued for a lot of other asset classes, you know, a lot of other property types within commercial real estate. So, as an example, say a property improvement plan that was done, you know, three years ago, that the same plan today is it twice as much i mean what's yeah so it's you know let's take a property improvement plan a pip you know mm -hmm. like that's required by the brand in most cases it's probably increased 30 percent you know mm -hmm. from what it was going three four years ago 30 to 40 percent you know at a minimum um so it's it's definitely increased pretty dramatically um the cost on the renovation side you know the cost to build new today you know has gone up as well so it's it's definitely you know we've definitely seen a huge increase where do you guys see opportunities in the market today, either geographically or property type or? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're really leaned into the credit side of the business right now. We're out there trying to acquire hotels and we are developing hotels because I'm a sort of a contrarian investor in the sense that it's really hard to develop. And so I guess, you know, I can stomach a lot of pain and also I can, uh, and also I appreciate the fact that not a lot of groups can build today. And so we see a real opportunity being able to go out and develop in a lot of these markets where lodging is, you know, there's not enough room supply in those markets. And we can get into a lot of markets today, given the fact that, you know, landowners don't have a lot of opportunities to sell to groups, you know, so there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of demand for land. And so we've been able to get into some markets that normally would be tougher to you know, develop into. And so we're focused on the development strategy on the equity side. 
We're also out there trying to acquire hotels. It's just been a very challenging environment to buy hotels into, you know, with everything going on, although we've acquired three assets in the last, you know, 90 days or so. Uh, but we're really focused where we're putting most of our capital today is on the credit side, where we're actually going out and financing other groups to acquire, develop, or recapitalize their, you know, their hotel assets or, you know, new hotels that they're trying to develop, as well as other commercial real estate assets. So we're pretty balanced on the property types that we're financing on the debt side, just given the dislocation in the credit markets, which has really caused, you know, the regional banks, you know, the community banks, the national banks, which make up 40% of the commercial real estate lending market, they're not unable to lend today, just given the regulatory pressure they're under, given the fact that they're trying to shore up liquidity. And so it's just created a huge opportunity on the credit side that we're taking advantage of. I love that, you know, and who better to finance a hotel than you guys? I mean, you're going to be able to know what's safe and what's a safe operator, right? And 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 probably even help them with some tips on, on operation, right? Right. <laughs> you're kind of you're you're an investor in that deals. Yep. No, that's and that's why a lot of groups <laughs> yeah. like to come to us because we are, you know, as it comes to, you know, we understand the ownership side of real estate. So we have a huge benefit that we understand the ownership side. We own, understand the development side of it. So for financing, you know, new new development, if it's a multifamily project or a hotel project, we know the challenges on the construction side. We know the challenges on the renovation side and so forth. And so we have a huge advantage as a lender because we can really help not only um, underwrite the deal and have probably a better, you know, better insight and better, um, you know, just information on what we think the property is really going to perform at. But more importantly, we can help structure something that makes more sense from a lending perspective. And that's why a lot of groups come to us continuously. That makes a lot of sense. Some office buildings today are being converted to other uses. We've thought, uh, seen some folks doing some mixed use vertical uh, where they're including some hotels. Have you guys seen that, been involved in that, uh, looked at that? Yeah, we've we've seen it. We haven't been involved, um, so we have not financed any uh, mix or any projects where someone's taking an existing office building and converting use. If that's you know the question, mm-hmm. um, so we have seen a lot of groups doing it. And I think it's something just given how much you know how much vacancies across office as groups try to repurpose some of these office buildings. I think it's you know it's a strategy that doesn't necessarily work all the time because the floor plates of some of these office buildings aren't as conducive or doesn't allow for conversion to like multifamily, which we've seen a lot of groups trying to convert to multifamily or maybe take some floors and make, you know, hotel use as well as have some office use. But I do think it's something just given how much secular distress is in office and just how much of a, you know, how much loss of value and how much discounts are available if you're out buying office today. I think at some point, I think someone's going to figure it out and be able to be very successful in converting a lot of these office buildings or redeveloping them. Are you seeing um, any hotels uh, get converted to residential or self-storage or other uses? Yes, for hotels, um, we we saw it in the middle of COVID where a lot of groups were converting hotels to residential, you know, to like more of this, you know, almost this um, this budget, you know, call it multifamily play or, you know, affordable housing, I guess you could argue. We saw a lot of that happening in the middle of COVID. We haven't, you know, we still see some groups doing that as we speak today. It, the math just doesn't make sense in a lot of cases, um, but it, it's, it's a strategy that has worked. And it will probably, you know, groups will continue to be successful at doing it. It's just not as scalable, just given the fact that a lot of the brands, because, you know, ultimately most hotels 
are branded under some type of franchise. And those franchises tend to be pretty restrictive on allowing you to terminate the franchise and then convert, you know, use to some other, you know, property type or, you know, whatever. So it's, um, it's something that I think works, but it's got to be in the right situation. Labor became a big issue uh, during COVID and afterwards for the hospitality industry and, and frankly, almost every industry. Um, what are you seeing today? Is that still a challenge? Yeah, labor, you know, fortunately, it's not as much of a challenge as it was in the middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID, it was very, as COVID, as hotel occupancy started coming back in COVID, we were way understaffed and we were dealing with a lot of, across our team, because we have about 3,000 team members at the um, properties that we operate, you know, because we operate about 100 hotels. And then, you know, at the property level, we were dealing with a lot of burnout in the middle of COVID because we couldn't get fully staff to service the guests. And today, as we sit here, we're still probably about 10 to 15% understaffed at each of our assets because labor continues to be a challenge. Although we're going through, you know, this, um, you know, we're either headed towards an economic recession or we're in one maybe, who knows? It sort of feels like one if you're in commercial real estate right now with everything <laughs> right. happening. But right. with all the, you know, with that being said, it's still hard to get fully staffed. And, you know, labor costs has moved up dramatically. Like when you look at just the average cost of the labor on the, um, you know, across our team at the properties, at the different hotels we operate, you know, it's up, you know, a good 30 to 40% for each position since, Amazing. you know, pre-COVID. Well, what do you expect for the future of hotels to kind of end the, the show with? What would you share with the audience there? Yeah, so I think, you know, personally, I believe hotels is probably, probably the best position it's ever been given what's happened, unfortunately, during COVID, because supply is very much constrained right now. Demand's way outpacing supply. I think hotels, there's just a lot of secular trends with this, you know, work from home or being able to work one or two days a week remotely has, you know, created this new demand channel for lodging. So I think hotels overall are very well positioned. Um, the fundamentals are super strong. Even if we go through an economic recession, most economists expect hotels will continue to have, you know, positive or pretty close to positive repar, you know, revenue per available room growth. Um, hotels continue to grow on the profitability side. And so, you know, personally, I believe hotels are probably the most investable asset class today as we look across. And when I say asset class, looking at the different commercial property types, mm -hmm. because it trades at higher cap rates. So, you know, again, we trade around, you know, 8% cap rates. So we have more risk premium spread. And unfortunately, a lot of these other assets, you know, these other property types are having to recalibrate their cap rates. And the market is still trying to figure out the right, you know, cap rate to, to put towards a lot of these assets. And so I think there's a lot of just repricing risk if you're you know, out there trying to buy assets today for a lot of the other property types versus hotels that have less risk, just given we trade at higher cap rates. Well said, Greg. Great information. Yeah, sir. thank you. Thank thanks you for, for having joining. me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thanks for listening or watching to the show. We appreciate it. Please connect with us. Please share the show. Uh, and until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. 
Facebook.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.